piece of paper, the Bible, the book, basic instructions before leaving earth. Amen. To prepare yourself. Amen. We've been talking about the new birth. Amen. And what it does and the importance and the value of the new birth. Jesus answered saying, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born again of water and spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. This new birth that Jesus ushered in, amen, starting over, giving us a fresh start, a brand new start, and we can start afresh, we can start anew and make a whole new difference in our lives and also in the lives of others. This is why we are told to go ye therefore and preach the gospel to every creature because Jesus wants people to have newness of life. You know, Peter tells us in Second Peter 3, 9, he says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but he's long-suffering towards us. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen. God wants to give everybody an opportunity. He already has the plan in place. He already knows that he's going to destroy this earth. He already knows that. It's just a, a matter of time when God says, do it, is, is when it's going to happen. As you see throughout the scriptures, when God says things and he sends his angels to accomplish what he wants to be accomplished, you know, they're standing ready. They are standing ready until God says, do it. And when God says, do it, you see what transpire. We see it in the book of Revelation. We see it throughout the prophets. We see it when God says, make it happen. It's going to happen. So we already know, amen, because the word of God has already showed us, has already told us that this heaven and this earth now is going to melt with fervent heat. We already know it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when God pushed the button, <laughs> as you want to use that term. And so, therefore, he, Jesus also have already given us warning. He says, be you ready. For in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man is going to come. So we've got to be prepared. And so Jesus says we must be born again of the water and the Spirit in order to enter into the kingdom of God. So this new birth ushers in some new things. Amen. He gives us a new spirit. We know from the creation, he created man from the dust of the earth, and God breathed into man the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And so, but God... Uh, wants to make us all new. As Paul writing to the church at Corinth, uh, in the first chapter in, in the 15th, 1st Corinthians in 15, he says, as we have bore the image, or borne the image of the earthly, the first man, Adam, we must now bear the image of the heavenly, which is Jesus Christ. We have to take on the characteristics, the nature, the character of God. Amen. That's the, that's the overall purpose of the new birth, is to make us like Jesus. Amen. The Bible tells us we shall see him as he is, because why? We shall be like him. And so, therefore, we need to make sure that this new birth and this new life that he has given us brings us into line with what he desires in our lives. That's the overall purpose is because we, as Isaiah says, all we in Isaiah 53, he says, all we like sheep were gone astray, you know, and the Lord has laid upon him the iniquities of us all, you know. So 
God is now, he's, he, the stories, he came to redeem. He came to bring us back into focus and into life, amen, again, so that we could live and reign with him forever. So why do we need the Spirit? Why do we need the Spirit? Well, the Bible tells us in Romans 8 and 9 that if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. So we have to have it, you know, uh, just because my mother may have dedicated me as a baby to the Lord does not mean I'm saved. I need to have the spirit of God. Amen. What is this new spirit? It is the Holy Ghost that is down in it. And where does it come from? It comes from God. And how does it change us? And that's where we want to focus a little bit here tonight is how does this spirit change us? And amen. And so we want to look at that. The Lord said in the word of God, a new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you a new heart and a new spirit will I put down inside of you. So the change is going to come through the spirit. It's going to come through the Spirit. All of us can probably remember when we received the Holy Ghost, what kind of changes it started bringing inside of you. You start seeing things a whole lot differently. I can remember as a kid, I used to sit and read the Bible. One time I said I was going to read the Bible through. I used to go to church, you know, religiously uh, as a kid, you know, and you sit and you hear the stories and you attend Sunday school and, you know, but... I would leave church and go still do the same old foolish things. You know, if Sunday night I'd be on the disco, we call it a juke joint, you know, at a, you know, hole in the wall, we used to call it, you know, but you do the same old things, you know, there was no change taking place, you know, and because there was no, nothing there to bring about the change in my life, then I kept living the same old way. But then, all of a sudden, when I heard, as Paul says, the gospel of your salvation, the words of truth, you know, I was changed. It brought a difference into my life. Amen. When I went down in that water in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of my sins, it brought a complete change in my life. You know, that was 30-something years ago. And I have not looked back in those 30-something years. It's been a change. You know, like song we said, born again, there's been a change in me. Born again, just like Jesus said. Born again, all because of Calvary. And I'm so glad that I've been born again. Amen. That's the important that we have been born again of the water and of the spirit. So this change transpired. Now look at Ephesians 4, starting with verse 20. Ephesians 4, starting with verse 20. Ephesians 4. Paul says, but you have not so learned Christ... If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation or the former behavior, 
the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which of the God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Say, we, we need to understand that holiness is not what you wear, is who you are. You're set apart for Christ. You're consecrated for Christ. Anytime God wants to use you, you should be ready. You should be ready to go anytime for whatever purpose God is asking you to do, to represent him in all your life. You're consecrated. You're set apart. You put on the new man now. You put on every likeness of Jesus Christ. This is why Paul says to the church at Philippi, he says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, and made of himself no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So we have to start looking like and acting like Jesus, just like the word says. That's what you've got to do. You know, that's why last year we talked all those months about James, be doers of the word and not hearers only. See, this new life means now I have to align with the book that I'm supposed to live according to. I'm not to let the fire ever go out the altar. See, we have to get our act together in this thing. Verse 25, wherefore, put away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the things which are good that he may have to give to him that need it. Let no corrupt communications proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use to edifying, that they may minister grace to the hearer. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put afar from you with all malice, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as Christ is God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Amen. So we have to take on this new man. It brought about a change uh, within us. And this is what God wants us. Now we need to live the change that he has brought in us here. Now notice Ephesians 2. Go to Ephesians 2 in your Bible. Ephesians chapter 2, starting with verse 1. Ephesians 2, verse 1. And you have he quickeneth who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So notice what Paul is saying here. He says, we were dead in our trespasses and our sins. We were sinners. 
We was living according to the ways of the world. Our actions, our desires, and everything had to do with the way of the world. And he says, but what happened? God quickened us. Amen. We heard the words of truth. We heard the in verse uh, chapter 1, verse 13. He says, in whom you also trusted. After that, you heard the words of truth. The gospel of your salvation, in whom you also, after that, you believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of, of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. So after we heard the words of truth, the gospel of our salvation, it changed us. God quickened us. We heard it. We realized, man, I need to do something about my situation. I need to do something about my life because I'm on the wrong road. I need to turn around. I need to get my life right here. So Paul says that God quickened us. You know, he brought to my mind, he brought to my attention that you're on destruction. You're heading down the wrong pathway, Rufus, and you need to immediately turn around or you're going to destroy yourself. So he quickeneth me to bring about a change. He changed our thoughts. He changed our actions. He changes our motives. Amen. He gives us, as the Bible says, a new heart and a new spirit. Because God now wants us to be like him. He wants our outlook to be like him. He wants us to realize through him we can live, we can move, and we can have our being. Because without him, we can do nothing, Jesus says. And so therefore, this new birth is to usher in a complete change in heart. Notice Ezekiel 37. Go to Ezekiel 37 in your Bibles. Starting with verse 1. And God takes Ezekiel, and notice what he says here in chapter 37, verse 1. He says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he carried me out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. And he caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were many, very many, in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy unto these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinew upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, And you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking. 
And the bones came together, bones to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinew and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he and the breath came in unto them, and they lived and stood up upon their feet an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dry and our hope is lost. We are cut off for our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened the grave, O my people, and brought you up out of the grave, and shall put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I shall place you in your own land. Then shall you know that I am the Lord, have spoken it, and perform it, saith the Lord God. Notice, he was commanded to prophesy to the wind. And John 3, 8, Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, The wind bloweth where you hear it, but you cannot tell where it's cometh and where it's goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. <clears throat> Amen. The Greek word there is breath, to breathe. Amen. The same as the Lord said to uh, Ezekiel that he should, you know, prophesied to the wind and tell the wind to blow. And this is why you see in Acts chapter 2, the Bible says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord and one place, and suddenly there came from heaven as a mighty rushing wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. So it was the breath, it was the breath that quickens you. It is the Spirit that quickens us. It is the Spirit that changes us. This new generation, this regeneration that transpire within us is what God brings to us to change us, to make us like him. Because he wants us to be like him. The story of the prodigal son is a story about regeneration. It's a story to show you and I how God changes us. He's in the world. He's in the pig pen of life. Basically, he's dead. You know, that's why the father said when he come home, my son was lost. He's found. He was dead. And now he's alive again because he's being quickened and being brought to a new understanding and a new change is going to transpire. If you notice, what does the father do? He starts to change the son, bring a robe, put on him. 
put shoes on his feet, put a ring on his finger, kill the fatted calf. The change process began to take place. When we hear the words of truth, the gospel of our salvation, it quickened us. You see, whoa, my life is not according to God's way. My life is not right according to God. I can need to do something about it. And so, therefore, we want repented of our sins. That inward change of heart, the outward change of direction. We went down in the waters of baptism. Amen. We was buried in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins. And we was risen to walk in newness of life. We are not to go back to the old way. We are to stay in the change pattern that God has made. That's why the Bible says, see that you make all things according to the pattern showed you in the mount. So when we look at Ezekiel here in 37, he's set right in the mix of a bunch of people, which represents dead bones. And so the Lord asked them, can they live? And what he says, you only you know if they can live or not, because without God, ain't none of us going to live. So he tells them to prophesy to them. And so he does. He follows God's instruction. Amen. And it brings about a quickening. Notice how quick it happens. As soon as he prophesied, the bones came together. As soon as he spoke what God told him to spoke, sinew and flesh came upon him and skin. And he says, but they were still missing that breath. They didn't have the spirit. As long as God created Adam in their dirt, from the dirt, he was just laying there. That's why Genesis 2, I think it might be verse 4, uh, verse 6, I think it is, uh, maybe 7, one of them. Again, but notice what happened. After God created Adam from the dust, he had to breathe in him the breath of life in order for man to become a living soul. Amen. In other words, God brings that change through the breath. When Jesus in John 20 walked through the door and he says, receive ye the Holy Ghost, and he breathed on them. See, that breath brings a change. When God breathes in us, it brings a change. That revitalization begins to take place is what God is trying to do in us. Now, notice Romans 8, verse 11. Notice Romans 8, verse 11. Notice what Paul writing to the church here at Rome says. He says, but if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwelleth in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quickeneth, a quicken your mortal bodies by his same spirit that dwell in you. See, the spirit will quicken you. It brings to your mind the right things. It shows you, hey, you're in the wrong place. You know, it shows you how you should live and what you should do. It quickens you. That's the importance and the value of having the Holy Ghost. Is to teach us how to do the right thing. It revitalizes us. It makes us alive. It gives us life. And that more abundantly. Amen. It gives us spiritual power to arise. Amen. And be invigorated within us. To have this power. 
If I got all power, who's going to tell me what to do? Hello? That's why Jesus says, don't worry about who can kill the body and can't kill the spirit. You've got all power. See, so he has given us that we need to quicken us. He has brought restoration of life. Notice Romans 6. Go to Romans 6. Start with verse 1. We made your passage of scripture here. Romans 6. The church at Rome, verse 6, chapter 6, verse 1. Every now and then you got to jump back in this thing and get deep into it. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? You want God to have to keep forgiving you over and over and over and over and over again? No. See, God's grace is not only his unmerited love, it is this divine influence in your life. Say, to show God's graces in your life is you have to reflect him. His character, his nature, the fruit of the spirit should be seen. The spirit. Understand it, power, might, fear, righteousness. These are the spirits of God that should be in you. If I have him in me, that's what's supposed to be. The fruit is in the seed, and the seed is in the fruit. You remember when God created the trees in the third day? He says, the seed is in the fruit, and the fruit is in the seed. That's why apple trees get the next tree from, is out of the same apple. Say, the seed. So if his seed is in me, then I'm supposed to reproduce like him. I'm the branch on the tree. Say, that's why Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husband. Every branch of me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. But every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, so it can bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean by the word which I have spoken unto you. So Paul is saying, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He says, God forbid, no way. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein. So I have to ask myself, am I dead? Did I truly die? Did I truly repent? I have to ask myself, because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 7.10, Amen. That godly sorrow work of repentance to salvation. Not to be repentant of sin. 
ask God to forgive me. But he knows my actions. He knows my thoughts. How could he forgive me? Baptized into Jesus Christ, we're baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. We got a new life. I don't have to walk around with my head down. I don't have to walk around feeling condemned. I don't have to walk around saying I'm too fat, I'm too skinny, I can't do this, I can't do that. I got a new life. Brand new. He knows how it needs to be. He knows what needs to be there. So I just let him lead it. I just let him guide it. I just let him. I follow his pattern now because he knows all things. You know, when people tell me I'm fat, you know what I tell them? Fat's the Lord's. <laughs> so I'm going to keep getting fat. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. That's why every time I go to an appointment, they tell me that. You should probably lose weight. I say, show me in Scripture where it says that. They tell me, salt is bad. I say, don't see that in Scripture. So Jesus says, salt's good for you. Have a little salt for what? <laughs> Blow their mind. This is a new life. Amen. So we are risen to walk in newness. Wow. If any man be in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. How many times do you read that? How many times do you quote that? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. Amen. We're new creatures in Christ. Amen. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I can walk in newness of life. There's a highway up there, and none can walk up there but the pure in heart. It's a way called holiness. Amen. So we've got to realize this new life, this new birth that God has given us is to bring a change. So I can see what I'm doing and be excited about it. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I don't have to walk around, as I said, with my head down. Amen. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. And be ye lifted to everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. 
Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong in money. The Lord money in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted to everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. So this new life gives me a new outlook on life. I don't have to worry what people say about me. I don't worry what people call me or do to me anymore. It's a new life. It's full of joy unspeakable, Peter said, and full of glory. As Paul writing to the church at Rome, he says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ is what? Made us free from the law of sins and death. Amen. We're new creatures in Christ. So God quickened us. He revitalized us. That's what he does. He vivifies. In other words, he quickens. He, he enlightens us so that we can see who we really are and what he's really doing in our lives to give us hope and to bring incitement and enlightenment in us. He increases our lives. That's why the story of Hezekiah is there. When Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed, what did God do? He gave him 15 more years. He increased his life. Amen. Think about it. What Paul is saying in, in Ephesians 2. We were dead. That's why he says, and you who were dead and your trespasses and sin have he quickened together with him. By grace are you saved. It's not a work. It's God's gift. Amen. Think, think about what God has given us here. He's brought this new thing to us called the new birth. Amen. No, he didn't put me back in my mother's womb. He just had a process. He says, okay, it's going to be a circumcision. It's going to be a removal. I'm going to cut away the old in the waters of baptism. I'm going to get rid of the sins and the wrongs that you did before so that when you come up, you will walk in newness of life. That's why the Old Testament was all about circumcision. It was a cutting off. It was to making new. Amen. And so baptism, Paul says in Colossians 2, is the same part of the operation of the process. Amen. We go down in that water, it's cutting off the old. And when you come up, you're walking in a new life. You be excited. Amen. We don't know what God has delivered us from. You know, every day is a, is a blessing. As they say, every day is above ground is a great day. You know, who knows how long my life has been extended because of this new birth. We don't know. Say what brought about the change. He increases our lives. The physical life. That's why Jesus even says in Acts 1-8, I give you power to tread. You know, in Luke 10 and 19, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy. And nothing by any means shall hurt you. 
is endured with great power of life, springing up, amen, growing, causing to live, make alive here, give life, cause you to have true life, worthy of the name of Jesus Christ. I've come that you might have life and that more abundantly. Amen. So we are risen to walk in newness of life. Amen. Colossians 1.10, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Amen. God wants us to have this, this vital power in us. Man, think about it. Now they say there's almost 8 billion people in the world, I think they say now. You know, it's going more and more and more and more. And out of all those people, God chose you. Think about it. What did he see in us? The Bible says in Psalms 2, what is man that you're mindful of him? Or the son of man that you would even visit him? What is it? What was it about you and about me? That God was willing to put his spirit in us and let the drunk still lay out there on the street or the homeless. What what was it? Or the prostitute on the corner. What was it? What did he see? Uh, He brought changes in us. It could have been me, as the song says, laying out there in my sins and trespassing. But God quickened me. He quickened us by his spirit, by his power, by his word. Amen. Notice what Psalms 80 verse 18 says. Psalms 80 verse 18. The Psalms just says here in Psalms chapter 80 verse 18. He says, so will I not we go back from thee. He says, I'm not going to go back from thee. Quicken us. And we shall call upon thy name. See, when you was born again, think about it. Now you're calling on Jesus all the time. You testify about Jesus. You talk about Jesus. You pray. You know, you call on that name. Some says, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. The Lord liveth. And blessed be his name and let the God of my salvation be exalted. He says, I will not go back from thee. In other words, God, you've changed me. So why am I going to go back? We're risen, Paul says in Romans 6, to walk in newness of life. This is why Paul says in Philippians 3, oh, that I might know him, verse 10. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformable unto his death, that by any means I might obtain to that which I am also apprehended of. Says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. I forget those things which are behind, and I reach forth to those things which are before. I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm not going back. That's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians 11, 
He says, if the Jews five times received that 40 stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. A night and day I've been in the deep. And danger often. And danger among my own countrymen. And perils here. And perils there. And perils all that. But notice what he says in Acts 20, 24. None of it moved me. Neither did I count my life dear to me, that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I had received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the grace of God. He's not looking back. Because if you look back, you know why? What's going to happen? You're going to become a pillar of salt like, <laughs> like Lot's wife, or you're going to want to go back. And every time you want to go back, what's going to happen? going to destroy yourself. You're losing ground. You're losing ground. So the psalmist says, I so will not we go back from thee. Quicken us and we will call upon thy name. Because he has come that I might have life and that more abundantly. Amen. Lamentations 3.24. He says, the Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore, will I have hope? Amen. I'm always going to have hope in God. Praise God. Romans 15, 4. It's through patience and comfort of the scriptures that we find our hope. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Psalms 119, verse 25. Psalms 119, verse 25. My soul cleave it to the dust. You ever feel like you're crawling in the dust? You ever feel so low that you feel like Bill Dad the shoe height? <laughs> you remember the scripture, Job's friend, his name was Bill Dad the shoe height? <laughs> Can you imagine him being as tall as a shoe? <laughs> It's the shoe height, right? Amen. Think about it. He says, my soul cleave it to the dust. You're picking low cotton. You're down low. You're feeling low. But he says, quicken thou me according to thy word. In other words, let your word quicken me. Let your word revitalize me. Let your word bring back to me what I am supposed to know to do and this situation and the circumstance where I find myself. Because that's what the Spirit in the Word does when it's in you. That's why the Bible says the Lord, the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimonies of the Lord are sure, making wise, the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord are pure and light in the eye. The fear of the Lord is clean and doing forever. And the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous all together. Amen. The word of God will quicken you. Why? Because in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Amen. God is the word. It's the word that quicken us. Uh, that's why Jesus says in John 66 and six and John 6 and 63, he says, it's the spirit that quicken it. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit. And there are light. Amen. The word of God will bring to your mind. And Psalms 119 verse 50, what does he say? This is my comfort in my affliction. Thy word 
have quickened me. Amen. When I'm going through things in my life, when I'm facing trials, when I'm facing trouble, no matter what I'm up against, God's word quickens. Amen. It revitalizes me. It picks me up because the promises of God are yea and they're amen. And God says, I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. I will be as close as the mention of my name. He revitalizes us. He vivifies. He changes us. He quickens something inside of you to say, look, don't be down here. I've brought you up to walk in newness of life. No more walking around with your head down. No more walking around dejected and feeling like you can't do things and being concerned of what people think about you. God says, no, that's under the blood. He says, I got rid of that out of your life. I've given you a new life. You are mine. Let your light shine so that men shall see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. So the psalmist says, amen, thy word quickeneth me. It brings power. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is quick. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividers of under soul and spirit, and joint and mire is the discerner of the thoughts and intent of my heart. It quickens you. There's something about the word of God. You got it in you. <laughs> so you've got to live it. It's there for you. It's, let it work. The Bible says in Isaiah 43, he'll work if we let him. Amen. We got to let him work. Matter of fact, one of the psalmists says, God, it's time for you to go to work. <laughs> it's time for him to work. Let's let him work. Amen. Amen. First John 5, 7, for there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Amen. They're all one. And so this is what is in us. Now, this new birth brings change. It changes us. It gives enlightenment. It opens us to where we can see what we're doing. It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profited nothing, Jesus says in John 6, 63. The words that I speak to you, they're spirit and they're a life. My goodness. Spirit and life. Amen. They give you revitalization, and a new life. Amen. Notice what Job says here in Job 33, verse 4. Job says, The Spirit of God have made me, and the breath of the Almighty have given me life. My, my, my. The Spirit of God have made me. That's right, I was nothing without him. That's what Paul said in Romans 8 not. If any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. That's what makes us is the spirit. That's what changes us and brings us to be like him is his spirit. The spirit gives us life. Amen. The spirit of God have made me. Because without him, I am nothing. And without him, I can do nothing. That's what Jesus says in John 15, 16. You didn't choose me. I chose you 
and I ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit might remain. Amen. It is the spirit that quicken us. We are raised to walk in this newness of life. God breathed in us the breath of life and man became a living soul. Amen. Notice James 1.18. James 1.18. James says, of his own will beget he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Notice. Notice, of his own will, he begot us with the words of truth. See, that's that's why you go back to Ephesians 1, as I read earlier, after you heard the words of truth, the gospel of your salvation, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemptions of the possession of the purchase shall come. See? The word changed. That's why Paul goes on to the church at Thessalonica. He said the gospel didn't come in word only. It came with power. It came with the Holy Ghost. And it came with much assurance. As you know what manner of man we were. See? It came with something that brought a change. Because the gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. See, so when we believe this gospel, it changes us. It brings this change. So James says we was kind of like a first fruit. In other words, God has, excuse me. Sorry about that. Kind of like a first fruit. Amen which is a person's superior excellency and others in their class. Think about it. He's making you something special. That's why Peter says in 1 Peter 2, 9 and verse 10, he says, you are what? A chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him which have called you out of darkness unto his marvelous light. Now notice verse 10, what he says here, which in times past, you were not a people. See, the Gentiles was not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now you've obtained mercy. It is of the Lord's mercy that we're not consumed because his compassions fail not. They're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The mercy, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. See, to be kind of a first fruit is to be set apart. It is to be consecrated to God. See? And so, therefore, to be set apart for God is to make you holy, to make you consecrated to God. 
That's what the Word of God does. He begets us of the words of truth. John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. John 14, 6, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And the word was made flesh, John 1, 14, and dwelt amongst us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. See, truth is real. It's the real thing. And so, therefore, the truth, Jesus said, shall make you free. And if you know the truth, you know who the truth is. This new substance that he put in us. Now, faith is what? It is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Your faith. It's all about the faith in Christ Jesus. It's substance. Amen. They show that you believe what you read. They believe And who you say you are. Say, the truth of God's word is what quicken us. And so he brings this change in us and help us because we become bold in Christ. That's why when you look at Acts 4, when they ask Peter and James, by what power or what names have you done this? You know, they said, we be examined what Good deeds has been due to impotent man, be it known unto you by the name of Jesus Christ that this man stand before you whole. This is the stone which the builders has rejected. Say, and he goes on and says, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given unto men whereby we must be saved. And when they saw the boldness of James, I mean Peter and John. They marveled and took notice, what? That they'd been with Jesus. So you're supposed to be contaminated. That's right. You're supposed to be a contamination. You're supposed to be walking around with a sign on your chest, I'm contaminated. (laughs) I guarantee you, you walk around with a mask around your mouth this time of the year, you know what people are going to do? They're going to back away from you, right? How much more with your light shining? They should say, wow, there's something different about you. What is going on? What are you possessed with? I got Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. I got Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. I got Jesus on the inside. He's working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Oh, what a change in my life.
and my life. Well, it's the Holy Ghost on the inside. It's working.